1: I'm Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. right. right.
0: Presented by Syracuse.com and nyup.com.
1: The Bills make me wanna.
0: It is Wednesday afternoon the final training camp practice we did it a show every day for the first 12 practices of training camp and today was the last practice before the preseason opener on Friday and I think we're all ready uh at this stage for a football game for a change right Ryan Talbot how are you my friend
1: yeah. Hey, I'm doing great. I know I'm ready and I guarantee you the players are ready. They're they're ready to actually be able to hit someone and tackle someone. So uh, they're ready. We're ready. But wh- what happened today, Matt? L- why don't you start us out there?
0: Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, it was nice because we got to go outside uh, and it started inside uh, practice because I think that there was some concern about some weather in Orchard Park. It was a little rainy when we got to the facility. But before long, we were able to go to ba- back outside. The sun was shining it was a nice summer day uh, after some early fe- fears, and speaking of a nice summer day, spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops Pickup and Delivery. Uh, Shout out to Buffalo Bills Football Podcast is brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Shop for your groceries online, choose pickup or delivery, and Tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit TopsMarkets.com to get started. Let's get to some housekeeping um, uh, off the top here, uh, we we talked to Sean McDermott this morning, and it is going to be a day to day situation for Zach Moss, who suffered the hamstring injury yesterday in practice. He wasn't out there today. We'll talk about maybe who who shined in his place. Uh, a lot of uh, special teams work done today. A lot of um, you know, in, I don't want to say install, but they were. It was a dress rehearsal in a lot of ways, Ryan. They were in shorts. They were kind of running through. What I think uh, the plan is going to be for Friday night, uh, we found out that Josh Allen will not be playing in this game. Smart move by uh, Sean McDermott. You're seeing that across the league. I mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't seem like he's going to play this preseason. Matthew Stafford, um, Sean McVay said he's not playing this preseason. So I think it's just about, uh, you know, you know what you got in in the good guys across the league and you want to make sure they're there when you get to the regular season.
1: Oh absolutely. I mean, it was quite a few years ago and mind you, this quarterback is not in the same tier as the quarterbacks that you mentioned, but there's a preseason game where the Jets played Mark Sanchez, and I believe it was the third or the fourth preseason game and there's no reason for him to be out there and I think he broke his collarbone if I remember correctly and it was a, you know pretty much derailed their season before it began. And there's no reason like you said for the Bills to play Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, Stafford with the Rams all of those teams know what they have with those quarterbacks. It's it's why you don't play Tom Brady a lot either. You know, those players are too important. What happens in the regular season happens. You can't control it at that point, but you can have some level of control here in the preseason. And when Deion Dawkins isn't playing uh, and when Zach Moss isn't out there and you're going to be missing some other players uh, on, on the offense as well. We know that Stefan Diggs has been dealing with a minor knee injury um, they might not want to put Cole Beasley out there. What's the point of putting a franchise cornerstone out there or one of your key players if it can derail your entire season?
0: Yeah, and we're going to get into some of the stuff we saw at practice today for sure. But like I mentioned at the top, they were in shorts. I mean, I, it's tough to uh, glean a lot from uh, you know what was probably mostly a final walkthrough here as we get ready for Friday. Uh, But bring us your questions in this episode. I mean, this is the last one before the first preseason game. If there's anything on your mind, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash that like button, hit that subscribe button as well. We really appreciate it. Um, We'll get to a couple things today and we got a chance to talk to Taryn Johnson after practice. And uh, I thought that he had a really good take on what his training camp has been, been like and, you know, I only saw Cole Beasley, I think today I had him in my notebook with one really nice play. So it's hard. like I, I probably wouldn't write about that most days. But hearing Taryn Johnson talk about what Cole Beasley means to him uh, during our, our press availability today, I thought was worth diving into a little bit. And he basically let me, let me bring up the, the quote here because uh, you know, Taryn Johnson is usually a guy. He doesn't he's not a man of many words. Uh, but when I asked him about Cole Beasley, um, he, he perked up a little bit. And I, I think these are some fun quotes Bills fans will like. I think he's the quickest guy in the league, Taron Johnson said. His mind, when he's at the line, he's looking at what the safeties are doing and what the linebackers are doing. He knows defenses. So he knows that if we're in a zone, he's going to try and find that hole. I feel like that's one of his best attributes. He also said, I feel like it's a cheat code that I get to go against him because he's just making me better every day. I think he's the best slot in the league, and that's what I'm trying to be as a nickel. Just having him to go against every day is just amazing. That's really good insight from Taron Johnson, who is in a contract year. We asked him about that. Uh, I believe it was John Scott who who posed the question. He's not worrying about it. He knows he has to go out and deliver. But getting to week one after a month of work against Cole Beasley, there's not many slot cornerbacks in this league that get that kind of tune-up for the regular season.
1: No, I agree completely, and uh, I saw some people in the comments saying, oh, did he forget about Tyree Kill and things like that? You know, I I don't think he necessarily means that Cole Beasley is the fastest player in in the league or anything like that, but the way he runs his routes are so precise, and the way he gets off – uh, at the snap, he, he creates instant separation. So when you're going against one of the best in the business, and that's what Cole Beasley is, it only improves your game. So, yeah, Taron Johnson's going to come into this Pittsburgh game in week one, ready to go because of the preparations that he's had in training camp. And then he'll probably see some live game action in the preseason as well. Uh, obviously, he'll be looking to, for a repeat performance in week one where he had that regular season pick six against Ben Roethlisberger that really turned the tide in that matchup. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what Taron Johnson can do this year. Like you said, he's in a contract year. There's been some ups and downs, some ebbs and flows, so to speak in his career, but I think there's been more ups than downs, so to speak. So if he can continue on the right path this season, I think he will be in the bills plans, but obviously they're going to have to be. Smart about their finances at this point when you have a Josh Allen under contract, when you're probably gonna have to re- rework a Stefan Diggs deal sooner rather than later, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: on the defensive side of the ball, um, I know people I, I saw this comment uh, a couple of days ago on social media, uh, as people were kind of scouring through all of the day to day recaps from practices. And I think there was some angst that they fans hadn't seen Gregory Rousseau for a few days. And I, I, I got to say, he's been pretty consistent. I, we, we covered him pretty early in the process in training camp, uh, pretty um, dynamically those first couple games. A lot of talk about him. But I don't think that there's necessarily been a drop-off. It's just been a, a thing where I think you like to just focus on other people. He was doing more of the same today. I mean, he had one rep uh, against uh, uh that was – serious Tutelli who poor guy uh, I'd probably put him in the uh, that that pocket that we were talking about yesterday that includes um uh, Benignac, but you know he struggled quite a bit and Gregory Rousseau I I wrote in it in, in the observations I'm pretty sure that he blew by uh, totelli before he even got into his stance I mean it's kind of an unfair matchup but I wrote that now it's it's time we we've, we've seen him in training camp we've seen him in mini camp now I want to see Gregory Rousseau in a game on Friday night. And for all intents and purposes, Ryan, you, you expect Jerry Hughes probably not going to play. He's coming off that injury. I'd not I'd be shocked if he played any snaps. If Mario Addison plays at all, he's probably getting a series. And then it's going to be these young guys. It's going to be Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Daryl Johnson, who's been playing really well, and then um, Boogie Basham uh, as well. They're going to get a chance to really show what they can do.
1: Yeah, if you're talking about one positional unit to watch on Friday night, I think the defensive end room is, is it because there's so much youth, so much talent there. And, and as we've been talking about, there's some legitimate questions about how can you keep all these players. So, uh, you know, Greg Russo, Boogie Bash, AJ Epineza, they're all safe. They're They're all fine. You just want to watch those guys. But then how does Daryl Johnson look? How does FAO Bada look? We've talked about both of those players. Both guys have had excellent practices at times or showing up in the scrimmages. Now it's the preseason. Now this is really going to matter in terms of solidifying their spot on this 53-man roster. So all eyes on that defensive end room. Uh, they are going to go up against the Lions starters for at least most, if not all, of the first quarter. So, if we do see Russo out there with the with the ones, it's going to be a true test for him going against starting NFL, you know, tackles to see how he fares. And once again, all eyes on him, all eyes on Boogie Basham, Epineza, because this is the future of this team.
0: Um, a lot of chemistry on display today between uh, Josh Allen in uh, the limited eleven-on-eleven 11 that he was actually out there. I think that they, you know. My anticipation is we're going to see a lot of Mitchell Trubisky and a lot of Jake Fromm on Friday uh, with Josh Allen not playing. Uh, he's still got some reps in practice today. And I kind of observed and was, you know, it was an eye opener that it was Jake Jacob Hollister who had a couple of really nice plays with Allen. And I think that that chemistry that we talked so much about after the Bills signed him, you're starting to see that develop now that Jacob Hollister has been on the field for consecutive days. I mean, that's one thing about it, Ryan. Like you could have this. Um, this continuity or familiarity, but if you're not going through, you know, the, the motions during practice and, and, and putting the work in together, it's going to be hard to develop that chemistry. So um, I, I think that that's a, a good sign that Jacob Hollister looks like he's settling in. If he can stay healthy, he's going to have a t- couple of chances here to, you know, gain some confidence from the coaching staff and his ability to make plays.
1: Yeah, and I think Hollister was a sneaky signing in free agency this year just because of the fact that he had the prior relationship with Allen at Wyoming. Uh, when he was utilized in Seattle, he he was very efficient with the ball. So I think he has an opportunity to kind of have a same role here. We We talked about it on yesterday's show. This is not a team that targets the tight end position, at least with their first look or their second look. But there's roles to be had, and I think Hollister can carve out a nice role here if he can stay healthy. That's promising to hear. But, Matt, you just mentioned Mitch Trubisky. Uh, We heard a little bit from Mitch yesterday. He seems comfortable here in Buffalo. Uh, And like you said, could play one, maybe two quarters on Friday night. How is he looking in practice today?
0: I thought he looked sharp, to be honest with you. I think that he's in a great mental space, which I think is so important as he tries to. I mean, in a lot of ways, Ryan, you look at what he's kind of looking down the barrel at this next off season, this is his chance to really audition for teams. And how much has he learned in these three months? He's been in the meeting rooms. He's been on the zoom rooms. Now he's been on the field, the practice field and in the meeting rooms in orchard park with his coaching staff, he said all the right things yesterday. And he, he, he said, he's, he's glad to be in a place where he feels wanted. So I think from an emotional perspective, after how bad things went in Chicago He has had that reset that Brandon Bean was talking about. Now it's about going out there and executing it. And and luckily for Trubisky, you're going to probably go in tomorrow with Isaiah McKenzie at your disposal for at least a chunk of the time. Jake Kumro, who's had a really nice training camp. Isaiah Hodgins. And then probably your number one is going to be Gabriel Davis, who I didn't even write about today because I've written about him a couple times. He was – every time that guy is targeted, he makes a play. I mean, unless it's overthrown or if it doesn't – touch his hands. I'm just, I continue to be amazed at his work. He's so, you know, flawless in his, in his route running and his technique and his, in his ability to fight in those contested catch situations. There was one today, it was just a little interaction with between him and Levi Wallace where Wallace looked like he ripped in his hand. And I thought it was going to be an incompletion. Then all of a sudden you pop your head around and Gabriel Davis found a way to, to pull it in. Uh, I will note on Emmanuel Sanders who uh, somebody asked about um, whether or not the chemistry is starting to build between him and Josh Allen. They had a couple of good practices, but I think he's, he's banged up again. We haven't gotten an injury report from the bills today, but it looked like Emmanuel Sanders left practice with what looked like maybe uh, that foot still bothering him. Uh, he, when the bills transitioned outside he went back inside, uh, so I guess maybe that wasn't feeling too good. So we'll see if we get an injury update. And even if he was healthy, I'm not sure how much he would play on Friday.
1: Yeah, no, he, he's one of those veterans where I don't think you want him out there. Uh, and, and if this is something that's lingering again, if I'm the Bills, I'm almost sh- shutting him down until the regular season. I, I know the reps with him and Josh Allen would be very valuable, whether it's at practice, whether it's in the preseason when Allen does get on the field. Uh, but Sanders is a season vet. he knows how to, you know, the, the route running techniques, he can get on the same page with Allen in season, uh, a little worrisome to see that he got banged up again, as, uh, you said, so something to watch for, but yeah, I, I mean, today, Sean McDermott said, it. he said, we're going to play individual starters on a, a, player-by-player player basis. And when Trubisky's out there early in the game, you want him to have some legitimate weapons out there so they can actually move the ball, see what Trubisky has learned under Brian Dable and, and things of that nature. You want some starting offensive linemen out there because you're likely going to have Spencer Brown out there uh, and you want to have some some player next to him that has a lot of experience or some starting NFL experience. So it, it's important across the board on offense that while the key starters, your your Josh Allen's, your Stefan Diggs's, and probably some of those same types of players on the defensive side of the ball won't play, you still have to pick and choose some starters here and there to give your quarterbacks protection and to give them some actual weapons in this game.
0: Um. Yeah. So sorry, I was just reading off something to the side there. I, I, uh, the one thing about this show is we do this show and then I post the story on, uh, immediately. So my phone is usually dinging with people responding to the article. Uh, and you can read it over at Syracuse.com and New right now. Um, fresh tops, fresh burger bar with over 30 varieties of beef, Turkey, chicken, plant-based and gourmet blend burgers, ready to grill. Tops, fresh burger bar has you smiling all summer long. Make sure you dive into that. And I, Listen, I, I think it's interesting that we, I, I've been seeing this comment pretty consistently over the course of um, training camp, and we haven't written or talked a ton about Ed Oliver. And I think that one of the reasons why that is, is because at that spot, there's only a limited amount of times where there there's a chance to really dive into the stuff. We we mentioned Sarah Latulia we mentioned, Tullia, we mentioned uh, Harrison Phillips. Ed Oliver hasn't popped in that same way, and you know I I think part of that is the practice environment, and I think part of that is he's got to get going. I mean, where are you at, Ryan, in the the excuse cycle, if you will, um, with with Ed Oliver, because. I think we're really on the verge here of some pretty big games for him in terms of what I think Bills fans want to see, and, and probably in a lot of ways what the Bills want to see out of him.
1: Yeah, you know, I think in terms of excuses, it's just time to see what he does when the live game action occurs. Don't worry so much about camp and, and what, you know, what's being reported out there. When the actual live bullets are flying, I want to see what Ed Oliver does. I want to see him on Friday night against the Lions going against that starting offensive line. Can he get into the backfield and might make life difficult for Jared Goff? Can he get a sack in this game? This is the best defensive line that he has played with, on paper at least, uh, since joining the Bills. So I think there's a lot of upside there. I noticed him a lot last year when when I had some people commenting, oh, the guy's a bust, this, that, or the other. Far from it. Uh, Individual reps, he he was pushing the offensive lineman back into the backfield. Uh, on a semi-regular basis. That doesn't mean that uh, he, he's a failure just because he's not getting the sacks, just because he's not getting as many as tackles, as losses you would like to see. You have to think of the circumstances. Last year, Latulale wasn't there. Year before that, maybe the, the defensive line wasn't a, as good as uh, you, you would expect. So I think this year there's a lot of talent around him, and I think that's going to allow him to really shine this year in a make-or-break season.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I, I really like what the the group as a whole has been doing we mentioned that yesterday uh on the show uh and i think that you know oliver is going to probably he seems to be like a uh a rhythm type of player i feel like once he gets going in a good direction you see like snaps starting to build up really good positive snaps and i'm not necessarily saying that you know, i've talked to people that really grind the tape on him and and, and have seen really positive things even throughout last season, which I think a lot of people uh, were frustrated with him at times because you weren't seeing the sack numbers. But I, I think that as we get into this thing, I'm really interested to see how it all plays out. Uh, I'm writing about F.E. Obata uh, for Friday as well. I got a chance to sit down with Eric Washington yesterday. Uh, we dove into uh, to his story a little bit. Um, interestingly enough, Eric, Eric Washington, this is his 10th season coaching Mario Addison. And I think that there's so many fun little storylines on this line and how we can, you know, we've been talking about ad nauseum go, going back to after the draft about how this defensive line is going to shake out. I asked um, Eric, point blank, what does Mario Addison have left? And he kind of paused for a second because I think it took him off guard. We were talking about Obata and he said to me, high end production. That's what Mario Addison has left. And I'm writing that up, actually, uh, for the the site tonight, I think. But it's interesting because I I think that there's expectations, real expectations for Mario Addison on this defense that, you know, last year was a getting-to-know-everybody year for Eric Washington included. But I think that the way that this goes now, even with what we've seen throughout training camp in terms of Mario Addison getting ramped up and what he's doing now. I I have pretty high expectations as well now for what Addison can bring. And if Addison is bringing what I think everybody thought he was last year, long story short, I'm going to veer back here. I think that that will be good news for Ed Oliver.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And in terms of Oliver, but going to Mario Addison, it's going to be really interesting to watch. He, he said it, I, I believe last week. I was excited when the bills kind of drafted these young defensive ends because at this point in my career, I'm not a 50, 60 snap guy anymore. He wants to be able to take advantage of the 25, 30 reps that he gets per game, and keeping him fresh is going to be key to get that high-end production or high-level production that uh, Coach Washington was talking about. And I think that he can do that. Uh, a lot of people, when the Bills signed Mario Addison, they, they kind of said, well, he's getting up there in age, but look at the production. And We didn't see that last year so much in the production end. I still think there's a chance for him to be right up there and be maybe the, the leading player on this team in terms of sacks and getting after the quarterback, especially because he can stay fresh now. So, you know, Washington knows him very well. He knows Vernon Butler very well, a player who's likely in in danger or on the bubble. Um, he knows F.A. Obata, who you're writing about. I think Coach E, as F.A. Obata calls him, is a big reason why he came to Buffalo he wanted to reunite with his coach. He wanted to kind of pick up where they had left off. So it's really going to be interesting to see how some of these key players along the defensive line perform for Washington in his second season as defensive line coach.
0: Um, we mentioned this before we went on, Ryan, we were talking about it. Let's get to like the five guys we're, we're looking at for Friday night. Let's close down the show with that as a kind of a little preview. We're both going to Detroit. Uh, I'm excited uh, to cover that game with you. Uh for the third straight weekend. Wow. I, I think that that's more than our entire first three <laughs> years working together, uh, this three-week stretch. It's, it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it is. It's going to be really exciting. And, you know, I think there's a, a number of players to watch on Friday night. So why don't you get us started with who you're watching?
0: First and foremost, um, you know, we just talked about Obata. And just for the sake of uh, the conversation, I'll, I'll shift it in, in a different direction. But Obata is definitely high on my list. Uh, And we already talked about Rousseau as well. I'll go with Spencer Brown. Um, He's had a really welcome to the NFL type of training camp. And there was no time to sit back and take it easy. And like some of these defensive ends have had a chance to go up against a lot of, you know, second and third team type players. Spencer Brown's been in there going against the best of the best since he walked into training camp. So now we're going to see how far has he come from the beginning of camp. He's had some good moments, probably more bad moments. Um, But this is going to be – these three games are going to play an important role as the Bills try to whittle down this roster. Can you go into the season trusting Spencer Brown to be your swing tackle? And maybe in a lot of ways, if you could answer yes to that question, I think that that also gives you some wiggle room to maybe sneak Tommy Doyle onto the 53-man roster. If you can't trust Spencer Brown to be your swing tackle, I have a hard time believing that Tommy Doyle is going to be able to do enough to make this roster. Now, it also depends on how you view Ryan Bates. I think last year they viewed Ryan Bates as their one of their main tackle depth players. Now, in a lot of ways, he's the backup center. But I also don't really know what that means because John Feliciano... Last year, Ryan Bates came in for a series at center. Right after that series, because Mitch Morris went down, Feliciano went over to center. They brought in Ike Bucker in a guard, and Bates went to the bench. So I don't know how they view things really, Uh, and I I think it's going to be interesting to see how the numbers game plays out here. I'll also add offensive line-wise, Sean McDermott was asked directly about Cody Ford, Ike Bucker, and John Feliciano in that guard competition, and he said – he alluded to the fact that some of those guys will play and some of them won't on Friday night. I'm, I'm very curious to see if Cody Ford's ready for full game action yet.
1: Yeah, you raised several great points on this offensive line. Uh, I'm really interested to see when the first unofficial depth chart becomes available, we'll see how they have things lined up, where they do have Bates, if it is at center, if, if they have it somewhere else. And that should be coming soon. A lot of teams have released them in the tw- in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. But I, I think you have a great choice there with Spencer Brown because They have Bobby Hart, who I'm not sure how much confidence they have in Bobby Hart either. So uh, it is really imperative that Spencer Brown puts together a strong preseason. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. I'm going to go with Dane Jackson. Uh, Dane Jackson has fallen behind in this cornerback two competition. There's, There's no denying that we've talked about it a little bit. Levi's been more consistent. But when the games were actually played last year, that is when Dane Jackson shined. He made play after play after play this might just be a guy who's a gamer and when, when you're going against actual competition, that's when he performs at his best. So can he do enough early in that game when that, when he's seeing Jared Goff or maybe when their backup comes in to make some plays to say, listen, this race isn't over yet.
0: Yeah. I like that pick in Dane Jackson. And I think that he's going to get a lot of, you know, first team reps. I don't, I can't imagine Tradavius White is going to play much Uh, this entire preseason period, so then you look at you know, you're gonna get the chance to see Dane and Levi on the field probably together a lot. Um, you probably see some Cam Lewis mixed in there as well, depending on what the uh rotations look like. Let me go back to the offensive side of the ball, and for my for the third guy on our list here, I'm gonna go with Marquez Stevenson. Uh, I think if you're asking me to. Give you my impressions of that battle right now. I think Isaiah McKenzie is without a doubt the um, standalone leader to win the job at kick and punt return. We'll see how it plays out in the games. Um, Then I would put Marcus Stevenson at two and then Brandon Powell at three. And I I think we could be probably talking about Brandon Powell, depending on if they see enough in this preseason game as a, a guy that they might even look at cutting. Um, when they get got to get down to 85 next week. And so I think this is a big game for Marquez Stevenson, not only in the return game, he's got to be strong. there, They're, they're they camp any muffs, they're camp any mistakes, but also as a receiver, because one of the things you could say about this regime and also McKenzie, they like guys that, that offer value. And McKenzie has been a guy that's always provided that He can do multiple things. You know, there's things I've seen out of Isaiah McKenzie in this, in this training camp that I can't really talk about, but, when I can at some point, I mean, he's a guy that I just think that they're planning lots of fun for this year. And when it, when it comes to the return game, when it comes, and I think Marquez Stevenson, he's had a chance to work with Isaiah McKenzie with Stefan Diggs. I mentioned it in the story yesterday, coaching up the guys. Uh, He's sitting out of practice again today. Um, Five guys get caught. They got to get down to 85. They're at 90 right now. Um, I saw Stefan Diggs working with Marquez Stevenson and Lance Lenore the other day. And so Marquez Stevenson has to come into this game. He's got to make sure that there's no drops, there's no issues. Those little mistakes cost players like this. And he's firmly on the roster bubble, Ryan. I'd, I'd almost say he's closer to being off the roster to being on the bubble from my perspective just because of how many difficult decisions there are across this roster.
1: Yeah, I definitely think he's on the wrong side of the bubble. And I'm not even sure if he's approaching the bubble just because of the amount of wide receiver talent that's on this room. I think in an ideal world, they'd like to stash him on their practice squad, let him develop this year, and then maybe take on an Isaiah McKenzie type role in 2022. Uh, because you're not going to be able to keep signing McKenzie to these one year deals every year uh, necessarily. It's eventually going to be another team that offers him some decent money, and it's going to be a hard, they're going to be hard pressed to bring him back. So, Great choice there. I'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Antonio Williams, running back that we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, I, I think that with Matt Breda really showing up lately, having a really strong practices, uh, knowing what he can do, he he's almost firmly in that that running back three spot. But with Zach Moss's injury, with with Christian Wade dealing with the shoulder injury, I think you're going to see a lot of Antonio Williams on Friday night, and and this is another chance for him to show. In front of a, a large audience that, hey, I belong in the NFL. I'm not a guy that you're going to be able to sneak onto a practice squad. He burst onto the scene in Week 17 against the Dolphins. We've talked about that quite a bit. I want to see if he can pick up where he left off in that game, though, in live game action now. Likely going to come in against the twos and the threes. If They they might play Singletary. Uh, they might play Brita. So you might not see him right away, but I want to see what Antonio Williams can do on Friday night.
0: I'm going to go with, uh, to wrap this list up here at number five, I'm going with uh, Tommy uh, Sweeney. And the reason I bring him up is because I think we're pretty well established here with the top two guys in the depth chart with, with Hollister and Knox. Um, I think that third spot's up for grabs. I think Sweeney's looked really strong throughout training camp. Um, more so in the spring, he was really popping with a couple of days uh, that, I, that I thought he stood out. But, you know, you got Quentin Morris there. You got Bug Howard, who made a nice catch today on a throw from Mitchell Trubisky. Those guys are going to get probably an equal opportunity to make an impression this game. And Tommy Sweeney, for everything that he's done, and I'm talking about everything from his rookie season. He played regular season snaps for the Bills. Uh, I think that this regime really likes him. I think they like what he brings in the room and on the field. He's got to go out there and he's got to compete and he's got to make plays to solidify that third tight end spot because, listen – In a crazy world, if they really like Hollister and Knox, even though both of those guys have had some injury issues in the past, you know, if they want to keep Reggie Gilliam, you could probably go into the regular season with just those three guys as like Gilliam is a fullback tight end hybrid. And so that's going to be really interesting to see. I think Tommy Sweeney's got to leave no doubt in these three preseason games to lock up that roster spot.
1: I think that's a great choice, man. And it's not just the guys on the Bills roster. It's these other players across the league that are playing in preseason games. Something that Brandon Bean didn't get to see last year, or no, nor any of the other GMs in this league. Bean was just on the Pat McAfee show today, and he and he said, you know... Did you watch ta- that whole interview? I, I watched the, the tail end of it. He had some good lines in there. i looking forward he, to checking that out, yeah. He, he was talking about, like, just for an example well, maybe this team's sixth linebacker might be better than our sixth linebacker, or maybe they're not as good at linebacker, but I, I believe his the term he used was they kick ass on special teams. So he's going to be evaluating other tight ends, other linebackers, offensive tackles, because we were talking about the swing tackle position. This is big for guys like Tommy Sweeney and Reggie Gilliam and, and other players that they might make the initial roster, and then there's going to be roster cutdowns across the league. And Bean could say, "Well, I saw this guy in the preseason, and I really like them on special teams. I really like them at this role for us." So they're not just competing against players on this roster; they're competing against a lot of bubble players across this league. Indeed, Ryan Talbot, we got a
0: lot of work to do on Friday. Get yourself some sleep tonight, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll grab you on Friday. We'll drive to Detroit. We'll do uh, we'll do a football game. We'll do a podcast. It's going to be a fun time. And then we'll get it all kicked up back again on Sunday when the Bills start practicing again. Thank you so much. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. Hit that like button. Subscribe before you go. We're brought to you by Tops. Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables produced and picked this morning. Can be on your table tonight. We will see you in Detroit, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bills football is finally here.